It is the Matt Mosley Show, and it is time for our weekly visit with Coach Nikki Collin. And, um, uh, Coach, you've been, it's been finals. you got this really cool showcase uh, coming up. But uh, I thought that was fun the other day. Um, I, I've seen a lot of uh, video and, and, and pictures of your time at the men's game against Villanova. And uh, the one that really stood out to me that was kind of neat was um, you getting to spend some time, I assume that was before the game, with um, with Dick Vital, who was back, who's obviously been battling cancer, and uh, uh, Nikki, I would say for I, I know I I don't think you can ever overstate his impact on college basketball. What was that like to to get to spend a little time with uh, with with uh, uh, Mr. Vital? Yeah, it was awesome. Um, I told him this story. I know he's met a million people and players and mm-hmm. coaches over the years, and. Certainly, um, we'd never expect him to remember an 18-year-old freshman at Purdue. But I, I told him the story when I when I sat down next to him. Um, his wife was with him with him as well. Uh, they've been married, I think he said, 51 years. And and um, but he came to Purdue to call a big Monday game, which I don't even know if they do that anymore. But that used to be the game of the week on ESPN. And mm-hmm. and uh, you know, ironically, like growing up, I was a huge IU fan. Like I remember trying to sneak in to watch. Bobby Knight's practice when they came in town. And um, we had a practice on, on that, that Monday. And so he came out onto the court at the end of our practice and I was just finishing up and I was shooting free throws on my own. And he came out and started rebounding for me. And, um, you know, it was just a small thing, but something that mm-hmm. I've remembered about him over the years. So I just kind of told him that story. And, you know, I think there are people that have questioned like, hey, is he the best analyst in the world as far as, like, what he thinks about a game or the X's and O's and all that? I think you could question all you want like that if, if you really want to. But the beauty of Dick Vitale is just his passion. Like, there's there's never been any question that he loves the sport, that he loves, um, you know, he, he's, he's truly passionate about it, and it comes across that way. So, you know, you may be annoyed by it at times. I think there are people that love the way he is and people that are like, wow, he's, like, kind of loud and obnoxious. But the beauty of it is just, I think it's true to him. It's his passion. Like, certainly, you know, when you, when you make it in that business, you know, you maybe need to build a persona, and, and that, that's always been his. But I, I think he's lived it. You know, I think he, he shows how passionate he is about these 18- to 22-year-olds year in and year out. And as much as, you know, broadcasters have crossed over from college to the pros, it's like he has just stayed true um, to kind of be in that, that college men's basketball analyst. So, it was really cool, um, personally and professionally, um, to touch him. You know, I, I've been affected very closely. I lost my sister to cancer seven years ago, a three-month battle with cancer. And so, you know, any way I can can help, um, you know, I, I, I know it's I know it's real. I know it affects everybody. And you know, in talking to him, I know he was having to deal with chemo and all that was bad. But I think he he called four games uh, that week, and so he was just saying like he's got some laryngitis, you know. So he was almost more concerned about talking loudly um than than dealing with cancer yeah his voice was not quite uh was not quite there especially late in the game but uh but it almost to me puts an emphasis on what he's battling and what he's what he's trying to fight and uh and that's uh uh yeah you having talked publicly about a very personal thing that you had to go through in your family uh, i just think you never know who that impacts and everybody has to handle those things differently but uh, you know, or whatever works for them. But um, I think uh, I, I'm sure that was quite a quite an experience uh, talking to Nikki Collin, Baylor women's uh, basketball coach. Now, the uh, you were going to get in, you were going to be in the bear pit, and then at some point I see you, you're like um, it, it, kind of leading the band. 
I mean, you're you're up there in the middle of things. I mean, this was a this is what we in the Baptist world call sort of a full immersion. You did not. This was not getting sprinkled. You were baptized into the uh, into the Baylor fandom. What was uh, what was all that like? Yeah, it's, it's 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 all in, right? I mean, I think that um, you know when I first posted earlier in the week um, about being in the bear pit, and I asked for suggestions and um, really to you know drum up like this idea of of not just a tweet that people like or retweet, but that they they comment on, um, you know, and so one of the things that came up was, Hey coach, would you like to, you know, uh, leave the word up here? And I'm like, all right, if you, if, if you tell me what that is, like I'm in, <laughs> I have to tell you, it was super funny. Cause I, I said, you know, do I need to practice? Is it something? Oh no, you just, you just conduct, you just basically they conduct the band. I mean, they certainly know their notes and, and all of that. And I said, okay. So um, as I'm, I'm walking with Amber with, with our marketing pain engagement group over to the band, she's like, now don't, don't be afraid to dance. And I'm like, wait, what, what, what? Like, I thought I was like, they, they conducting, where, where's the dancing come in? Like I, I know my strengths and weaknesses and that would never fall in the strength category. And and then you realize when you get up there, like, man, this isn't like a 30 second song. Like this is the entire media. Like all the times as a coach, you thought, man, that, that timeout went by really quickly. Can I tell you that, that as much fun as I was having, that might've been the longest timeout um, of my adult life because as much as I'm super outgoing and like to have a good time and was having fun, I got to tell you, like, I ran out of dance moves and ideas, like, easily 45 seconds in. So from that point on, it was like, I think I probably slept more during that stretch than, I, than I've done coaching any game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, I, I saw a little bit of a video, and uh, I'll say this. It was it, You were not like Elaine and Seinfeld. There were no, like, sort of wild no, gyrate. Yeah, fair, you you. Yeah. You appeared to have some rhythm, and so I, I wouldn't worry. Because if you didn't, you know, if, if you make any moves that were a little false, uh, I think Melissa and, and your players, I don't think they would resist calling you out um, oh, for, absolutely. for that. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> they, they might. Uh, they might uh. Now, you know what I would – did you – were you able to maybe say to some of the bear pit, like I'm sitting here looking at your schedule, that first conference game, you uh the first home game conference game uh the uh, frogs come in on january 5th and i'm trying to think when the when the students get back i don't know if that's a good one or not now the longhorns come in january 9th but i i feel like it would be good to uh to make sure those folks who had so much fun with you show up to support you at one of those one of those at some of those conference games and uh yeah, i uh sure. I mean, yeah you know, that's been one of my goals since I got here is to find a way to engage the students. I think it's it's pretty common if you look across at college women's basketball, even at schools that draw incredibly well, um, the student section is is underrepresented. And it's kind of the idea that I feel like I feel like 18 to 22 year olds do what they think is cool, you know, um, and if going to the men's basketball game is cool. Um, that's what they do, even if they're not true basketball fans. Um, because, you know, I mean, look, I've gone through the student union. I've talked to people. I always ask them, like, do you like women's basketball? And no one said no yet. <laughs> you know, so I've joked with them, like, hey, good answer. <laughs> um, there's, there's, probably, there's probably a bunch that, you know, really aren't even sports fans necessarily. But a lot yeah. of times you do what your friends are doing. You do what, what, what's popular and cool. And so trying to make, trying to make women's basketball cool, you know, like the experience fun for them and find ways to engage them, whether it's a hundred dollar gift card at the end of the game for anyone who stays the full game, like just trying to be creative in that approach, because 
I feel like students just, they can drive energy. They're young. They don't care. Like they know how to have a good time. And so, um, you know, I just, I think they can be leaders in terms of like engaging all of our fans um, in that setting. So hopefully, you know, I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep finding ways. I'm going to keep yeah. pushing, um, you know, but, but it was fun. It was a great experience. And, and I was so happy for Scott and the men's basketball staff. I mean, it, it was a dominating performance. And, you know, to be so close to, to Jay Wright in their huddle, um, you know, like I, I could feel his pain a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I was joking, uh, and I felt bad and deleted my tweet. But I was thinking, you know, his those gorgeous Italian suits he used to wear. I mean, oh. I think those were kind of intimidating. And now he's going, coaches have gotten a lot, and I, I think it was COVID. I don't exactly know why COVID caused NBA coaches and everybody to go more casual, but it's fine. I'm not against it. But it's just funny because I think Jay Wright should always be in a suit, one of those, like, beautiful blue suits and, or a, yeah, or a dark. Or... Yeah, think of, think of him that way. And yeah. Especially because he's getting a little more silvery, you know, on top. So, you know, it'll kind of stand out rather than that, that baby blue Um uh that he was wearing for the game. I can tell you why, um, you know, being in the W and yeah. and understanding NBA and why people went more casual. A lot of it was um, it, people think it was because at first, like they were limiting fans, you know, it's like yeah. well, people still see you on TV. So that wasn't uh -huh. it. You weren't allowed to use locker rooms. You weren't allowed to shower. And so many of uh. so many, it's kind of different on the, especially on the, the pro side, like coaches are super engaged in pregame. Um, like out there sweating with the guys out there sweating with the girls. Like, and so if you don't have the ability to go shower, to put your suit on, it's like, ugh. like, it's a little easier to like, kind of say, all right, we're going to, we're going to. And I, and I think so part of it was that, you know, I think it started that way. Like even when we were in the bubble, you know, and we were all, um, tested daily and all of that, we still, you know, every player, every coach, you had to shower only in your hotel room, only in your apartment, that type uh, of thing. So that's kind of why it started and then i think it kind of just people went wow this is really nice like <laughs> it's easier to it's easier to travel and not travel with suits and dresses and heels and all of that and you know i mean you just kind of always look at a little bit of how the sport has played out over time it's like why do baseball coaches wear uniforms it's not like they're going to check in the game <laughs> you know and so you know there's just this weird dynamic among sports that Certain sports have been more casual. Basketball has always been dressed to the nines, you know, and, and I don't, you know, I'm, I'm sure there's a reason for all of those, but, you know, like, can you imagine if a women's basketball coach was wearing a uniform on the side? And we don't think of it being weird when we see a baseball coach, you know, with, with a uniform, like full-on yeah. uniform on the side. I know. I know. It's just like how we've been brought up. But uh, it's funny, different coaches, Scott Drew and I are a little bit alike in that, especially his early days, we both kind of look like we're in our dad suits. <laughs> Scott's kind of, yeah. Scott, Scott's now a little more custom. I don't know if he's got cut. I don't know, but uh, now he's got a little more casual look, which is fine. Now Jacus looks, you know, he can pull that thing off because he just kind of has a. Oh, he's yeah. had all that yeah, time in Europe. Pants yeah. On. Yeah, everything's fitted perfect. Yeah, he's, he's super tailored. Like, even in the sports category, he's super tailored. <laughs> he's very tailored. That's something I will never be. Talking to uh, Nikki Coughlin, the Baylor women's basketball coach. All right, we do have to talk one little bit of actual basketball coming up. I'm kind of excited. Um, obviously, conference right after the Sugar Bowl, we'll all get back, and conference gets going. That's going to be a lot of fun. But this Michigan-Baylor matchup, we talked a little bit about it last week. But I'm just kind of curious – as you get closer and y'all get back to practicing tomorrow, like how much, 
are you like breaking down Michigan and and then how much are you as a coaching staff already sort of getting ready for conference? How do you kind of divide that? And and what are you hoping to what are you hoping to see? I I know there's certain players on the team that are sort of evolving and you've had to have a, a talk or two with Queen Egbo. What what are you really hoping to gain out of this uh, out of this game against Michigan? Because that's a that's a good team you're about to face on on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's an opportunity. I mean, we should look at every game as an opportunity, but obviously this is more of a statement opportunity. Um, you know, we we lost at Maryland on the road. This is um, as as much as we were happy to come away with a win against Missouri. Missouri's not ranked, um, so this is this is an opportunity. This is a resume builder. This is um, you know, and, and and when you ask the question like, how do we how do we break down whether we're you know, I, I don't I don't necessarily look at anything as we're preparing for conference. I think it's the idea of right now, what are we doing? It's a combination of, of cleaning up the things that we've done that we haven't been able to clean up because we've just gone from game to game to game. And um, so what do we have in, what are we, what are we good at that we have to meet, be a little bit better at, you know, what do we have to tweak? And then ultimately what do we have to add so that our playbook grows a little bit by the time conference starts. And then, you know, how do we even tweak that by the time you play teams a second time around um, when it comes to Michigan, you know, because we've been off, off in, in a way from, from game prep since Alcorn, you know, we, we spent three days in a row, like not really doing anything Michigan driven, um, really focused on us, um, a lot of fundamental stuff, getting back to ball handling, passing, um, spread situations, driving, when to kick, when to drop, you know, getting to our spots, things like that. So truly, you know, dialing it back, back to the fundamentals that are going to happen in the course of a play, um, a freelance situation, you know, all of those things, you know, in a game. Um, but, but as we get back tomorrow, we'll be, we'll be a little bit more Michigan focused. What we've talked about Michigan so far is relative to, Hey, this is a team that's really going to be aggressive against our ball screen. They play all man. Um, they're going to jump our ball screens, like guards, we're going to have to handle it. Posts, we're going to have to separate. Sometimes we're going to have to blur the screen. Sometimes we're going to have to flip the screen, like just getting them because we haven't had anybody do that. So as much as it's Michigan driven, it's also like, Hey, this is what we have to do against hard hedges. And so let's work generally, not a specific play, not a specific, but, but handling that. And then, you know, just understanding that this is a game that's about post defense and that post defense isn't just driven by, the post defending the right way. It's about, do we have great ball pressure? Are we in the gap? Do we know when we can dig? Do we know, you know, those type of things. So it, it once again, it's, it's fundamentally driven, but obviously Naz Hillman, one of the best low post players in the country, um, super efficient on the low block. So our ability to like kind of understand, you know, the, the, the grand scheme of here's, here's what our post defense can and should look like. All right. I like you already uh, have, have, uh, uh, figured out that sometimes I can ask like three questions at once. So I like how you just kind of pick. You're like, uh, okay, I'm going to answer this one thing you brought up, and now I'm going <laughs> to hit another thing. So it's, uh, I don't know, maybe I could say it's efficient, but it's not really. Uh, but but I appreciate you hitting all of those things, and it's uh, it it'll be fun. I I um I I think uh, the other day was a lot of fun. To see you involved. I bet your players really enjoyed seeing that as well. And I think that's a cool thing about the two programs pulling for each other. I see Melissa sometimes. Now, Melissa on social media, you never know because she, she can fire off something a little controversial. But I, I do think it's fun. Um, and I get it, man. Sometimes sometimes uh, there's a lot of pride involved. And if, like, too much is being made about one national championship in the program that has three, 
<laughs> you know, they'll fire something off, and I kind of like that about them. Or somebody puts up a graphic. It's not being left behind. I think I think the yeah. beauty of our team is, like I've also seen her say, you know, like they're going to get get another one, or they could have gotten potentially three in a row. Um, so you oh, know, I kind saw of that. Yeah, absolutely. These guys, these guys are good. Um, but hey, don't forget about us. I know that the nature of um, <laughs> sports media in general, like it's, it's mis- I'm not speaking of you guys, but like the idea of it's so easy to combine football and men's basketball. Um, or you know, and 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 we know. I mean, I, I'm I'm pretty realistic about the fact that um, those are the most popular sports on TV. They're most most popular sports in America when it comes to collegiately. Um, and and so you know, a lot is put on on those two sports. But I think sometimes that's the nature of you know this generation to say, hey, but wait, you know, I mean, we're pretty good too. And let's let's throw in volleyball and. You know, if if you're going to make it about dominance, like let's let's really talk about the sports that can oftentimes define an athletic department. And I'm sure that's hard sometimes for the soccer's and the A and T's and teams like that that are just dominating the world at times. Um, but you know, it's kind of like who who gets the most publicity? And then you know, as, as females, we're always fighting for our our little piece. Um, and and I think that's one thing that's special about Baylor is women's basketball is rarely forgotten here. You know, and and so um, I think these guys are quite frankly, used to, um, you know, people, the microscope and people paying attention. And, and I can tell you, like, part of, you know, Melissa going to the next level is going to be, she's going to be shocked at how amazingly her platform is bigger at Baylor than it will be mm-hmm. um, potentially even as the number one pick, you know, like it's just um, people care about Baylor because they care about college women's basketball, because they care about the university, because they care about the athletic department. And so there's a lot of people paying attention and then all, and all of a sudden you're in a pro basketball niche on the women's side, you know, your fan base changes. You don't have any alumni, you know, you don't have the people still paying attention to what's going on at their school. And so, um, you know, it's a big change. It's a huge change. I think for, for women's yeah. basketball players going from college to the pros because they have these, these amazing dreams for what it's going to be and look like. And then they're like, Whoa, like, doesn't it, you know, we suddenly don't have Nike gear. <laughs> just have Nike gear. You know, we... yeah, yeah. Well, the pay so. the paychecks are a little better. Um, although the NIL now allows you to do some things in in uh, college. But uh, well, I tell you, one of the in one of the upcoming episodes uh, or our uh, or your weekly visit talking to Nikki Callen, we'll hit on uh, when you're allowed to kind of uh, break down uh, this uh, recruiting because that's been that's been exciting to see. I don't want to I don't want to pass over that because. Uh, you get in late, and you know you're, you you got to have a whole new cycle, new coach. You kind of have to revisit maybe other people that have been talked to over the years, uh, and and you're already got a top ten ranked recruiting class. So know that we have not uh, missed that. And uh, and and to your point about the women's program, this is my little uh, rant. Um, when when all the scandals and sadly there's been a few uh, at Baylor. Um, the, the, the women's basketball was the one constant and, uh, and that's why we have to continue to embrace and, and, uh, and, and hold that up as one of the greatest things we have to offer at our university because of what the, what the program has done, uh, at a time when so many negative things were said. And I know, uh, I know you're, you, you get reminded every day of the, the history and all those kinds of things, but anyway, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but there's my little my little rant but uh nikki always fun really appreciate it um and uh and good luck at this uh it's gonna be a really fun at mohegan uh i gotta i gotta see that venue at some point but uh 
Uh, good luck. This one will be on national TV, and this will be exciting. So uh, best of luck this uh, this Sunday. Thank you so much. All right, there she goes, Nikki Collin, and uh, we have uh, next Jerry Jones admitting that uh, this quarterback might be in a bit of a slump. That is next.